We thank you for visiting Christian Bible Temple and pray the following message speaks to your heart. Well, hello everyone and thank you for joining us today. Um, pray that you open up your hearts and minds to the Word of God and may He speak to you today. Today we're going to talk about suffering. I know it's a theme or topic that's not too popular among many people and among the church, but it's something First of all, that is promised in the word of God for the believer. And um, it's something that we all go through, right? There's a few things that are guaranteed in life. Uh, we know it's like they say that saying goes death and taxes, right, are guaranteed, but also suffering. We all go through suffering at some point in our lives. Um, and we go through tribulation at some point in our lives. That's guaranteed. Um, because of everything that's going on around us, right? Unless you live under a rock in a cave somewhere, you are bound to suffer in some way or another. So we're going to talk about the, that today. We're going to talk about three things. The, the why of suffering, the attitude of a believer during suffering, and the outcomes of going through suffering in a biblical manner, what to expect. Um, when you go through suffering in a suffering in a biblical manner, so our text for today it comes out of if you can open up with me, please, in First Peter chapter four verses twelve through nineteen. That's First Peter four, chapter four verses twelve through nineteen, and it says, "Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal among you, which comes upon you for your testing." as though some strange thing were happening to you. But to the degree that you share the sufferings of Christ, keep on rejoicing, so that also at the re revelation of his glory, you may rejoice with exaltation. If you are revi reviled for the name of Christ, you are blessed, because the spirit of glory and of God rests on you. Make sure that none of you suffers as a murderer, or thief, or evildoer, or a troublesome meddler. But if anyone suffers as a Christian, he is not to be ashamed, but is to glorify God in this name. For it is time for judgment to begin with the household of God. And if it begins with the first, what will be the outcome for those who do not obey the gospel of God? And if it is with difficulty that the righteous is saved, what will become of the godless man and the sinner? Therefore, those also who suffer according to the will of God shall entrust their souls to a faithful creator in doing what is right. May God bless the reading of his holy word. So we he see here, Peter, uh, he's talking to a persecuted church, to brothers who was in the new church, right? It was a relatively new church. Um, the church was new in itself, the concept of church and uh of believing in Christ Jesus, the Savior, had come. And there was this group of followers um, in this Jesus, right? This man who came down, who <clears throat> uh, healed many and made many miracles and eventually died on a cross and, and resurrected. And, and now these people are following him and saying, this is the way, this is the only way. And now they're being persecuted for their faith. Uh, and for what they believe in. Um, and, and how many of us have really suffered that, right? 
um, know what suffering is, first of all. When many times we say, oh, we suffer this and we suffer that, but it's small little things. And not to minimize anyone's um, issues or problems or tribulations or things they've gone through. I mean, some of us, uh, you that are listening, might have gone through some really deep suffering. And uh, But for many of us, um, this concept of true suffering, especially for our belief, it's something foreign and remote. Uh, but they were they were a new church and they were suffering for the faith. And in verse um, 13, Peter exhorts them, which is almost sounds contradictory, to keep on rejoicing, to keep on rejoicing in the suffering. Right. Um, so that also at the revelation of his glory, you might rejoice with exaltation. So rejoicing with the attitude that there is hope that awaits us um, and that is higher exaltation. Uh, that awaits us in Christ Jesus. So a little bit about a history um, before we get into it. Uh, it was written right before or shortly thereafter the Christian persecution had begun. Uh, Nero at the time, the emperor at the time, blamed the Christians for the burning of Rome, um, even though many have said, many historians have said that he's the one that burned it. Uh, nevertheless, the Christians were suffering for their belief in Christ Jesus. Um, and it was the beginning of a 200-year oppression of the church. And Peter is writing to the persecuted church, who in the next few years will go through much suffering. Um, and uh, much of that suffering is documented in, in the book of historians, right? The way the apostles died, the disciples died in very horrible and cruel ways um, that they suffered for their faith. Um, never wavering from their faith or who they believed in to the very end, right? As an example, an admonition to us as the church um, who continues uh, the furtherance of the gospel. So the three things that we are going to cover today in the sermon is the why of suffering, um, the attitude of a believer during suffering, and the outcomes of going through suffering um, in a biblical manner. Uh, so first of all, the why of suffering. So, I mean, in a very oversimplified form, it's the answer is easy, right? Sin. Um, for those of us believers, we know that all suffering, all tribulation, um, everything wrong going on nowadays and at any day is because we are a fallen race and because the sin of man um, causes suffering. Uh, but what are the specific reasons that we go through suffering? Um, according to the word, uh, first of all, is to test and purify us as believers. It says in the aforementioned uh, verses, beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal among you, which comes upon you for your testing as though some strange thing were happening to you. For it is time for judgment to begin with the household of God. And if it begins with us first, what will be the outcome for those who do not obey the gospel of God? So we see here very quickly, very, um, very quickly, he says it's for testing, right? Um, to test our faith and our character. And I like what he says in that verse. As don't don't think as as though some strange thing were happening to you, right? As believers and as human, I know it's human nature that when we go through something that word comes up. Why? Why are we going through this? Um, as though some strange thing were happening to us, right? 
who am I that should go through this, right? Why, why I'm a believer. I pray. I go. I, I, I'm good. I'm, I'm holy. I'm, I read the word of God. I pray for others. Why am I going through this? Don't think it's strange, my brother and sister in Christ. It was promised that if you live for him, um, if that you live uh, for his name and for his kingdom, that you will be persecuted and that you will go through persecution and tribulation. Um, but ultimately, as it says here, is to test our faith and our character, our true character. Uh, not what everyone sees outside or what you show everyone, the masks that many of us use, right? And many of us have used different masks at different time to cover our inner self, right? Or who we truly are and only take those masks off for certain people. But if there's one thing that is a remover of masks, is tribulation, sufferings, and when you go through certain situations in your life that really test test who you really are. Are you that person that you are on Sunday that you proclaim to be a person of peace that goes through suffering, rejoicing and with joy and that you trust in the Lord? The Lord's on his throne. He's always in control, right? Do you truly believe that? Um, and that, that, that will show when you go through suffering and tribulation. In 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verses 4 through 10, it says, um, Therefore, we ourselves speak proudly of you among the churches of God for your perseverance and faith in the midst of all your persecutions and afflictions which you were endure. So here's a church who was going through persecutions, right? Um, and, and they had a testimony uh, that they went, it, went through these sufferings and persecutions with perseverance and faith. Is that true of you and your church? Well, let's just say you, right? Because there's so many people in the church. I can judge a whole church just by one person. But is that true of you? That people around you, when you go through tribulation and suffering, do they see faith and perseverance in Jesus Christ? Verse 5, this is a plain indication of God's righteous judgment so that you will be considered worthy of the kingdom of God, for which indeed you are suffering. For after all, it is only just for God to repay with affliction those who afflict you and to give relief to you who are afflicted and to us as well when the Lord Jesus will be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels in flaming fire. Dealing out retribution to those who do not know God and to those who do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus. These will pay the penalty of eternal destruction away from the presence of the Lord, from the glory of his power, when he comes to be glorified in his saints on that day and to be marveled among all who have believed for a testimony to you who was believed, who, who was to you was believed. So this is great because it says that the vengeance is of the Lord, right? When you're going through suffering, keep that in the back of your mind that our vengeance is of the Lord and he will never leave us nor forsake us. Um, in Job 23, 8 or 10, it says, Behold, I go forward, but he is not there and backward, but I cannot perceive him. When he acts on the left, I cannot behold him. He turns on the right, I cannot see him. But, so even when you can't perceive him, just like Job just says, there's always a but. And I, and I love the buts in the <laughs> in the Bible, right? But, 
He knows the way I take. Where he has tried me, I shall come forth as gold. That sometimes when we're going through tribulations, we don't feel his presence, but we know that we're coming out forth as gold, that he is he has a reason or purpose for this. So first, it's to test our character and our faith. Second, to share in the sufferings of Christ. It says in the verses, in our main verses in First Peter, but to the degree that you share the sufferings of Christ, keep on rejoicing. Degree that you share the sufferings of Christ. What a great blessing and privilege we have to share in the sufferings of Christ. We have the great honor of God allowing us to share in the suffering of Christ if even if a small manner, right? We can truly comprehend what Jesus suffered, especially on the cross. But at least here, we can have the blessing of knowing uh, what he went through um, and, and God's faithfulness through those tribulations. Uh, in first two, first Peter 2.21, it says, For you have been called for this purpose, since Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example for you to follow in his steps. Um, the, the word here, the Greek word um, here, for example, is, is the word used for tracing tablet. Um, you would trace the letter of the alphabet with this tablet, and it's used as a pattern. Uh, Christ is our pattern, right? Our tracing tablet of pain and suffering. And when we partake in his suffering and go through our trials and tribulations, only then Will we be blessed and learn to persevere, be blessed with wisdom, humility, and reverence? In Galatians 6, 17, it says, From now on, let no one cause trouble for me, for I bear on my body the brand marks of Jesus. Philippians 1, 29 through 30, it says, For to you it has been granted for Christ's sake, not only to believe in him, but also to suffer for his sake experiencing the same conflict which you saw in me and now here to be in me. So once again, the reason, the why, first of all, to taste, test our faith and character and to share in the sufferings of Christ. Um, and to discover through the process. And third, to discover through the process who he is. First, we see that he is sovereign. Right in Psalm 17, 71, verses 17 to 21, it says, Oh God, you have taught me from my youth, and I still declare your wondrous deeds. And even when I am old and gray, right, gone through life, oh God, do not forsake me until I declare your strength to this generation, your power to all who are to come. For your righteousness, oh God, reaches to the heavens. You who have done great things, oh God, who is like you. You who have shown me many troubles and distresses will revive me again and will bring me up again from the depths of the earth. May you increase my greatness and turn to comfort me. So we see that he is sovereign through our, our tribulation. We see he is a God who listens. Psalm 9, 9 and 10 says, The Lord also will be a stronghold for the oppressed, a stronghold in times of trouble. And those who know your name will put their trust in you. For you, O Lord, have not forsaken those who seek you and seek you genuinely. Psalm 61, verse 2. From the end of the earth, I call to you and my heart is faint. Lead me to the rock that is higher than I. 
So we see he's a God who is sovereign and a God who listens. So why? Why do we go through suffering? First of all, to be tested, to test our faith and character, right? To be partakers of his suffering and also <clears throat> to discover who three, who he is through our sufferings. And I just gave you two examples that he is sovereign and a God who listens. But every time you go through suffering or tribulation, we see different attributes and characters of God. So that is the why. So what should be our attitude of a believer <clears throat> during suffering? Well, there are four attitudes. First of all, we are to expect it. It says in, in our primary verses, Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal among you, which comes upon you for your testing, as though some strange thing were happening to you. In Job, Job 5 and 7, for a man is born for trouble as sparks fly upward. And in John 16, 33, these things I have spoken to you so that in me you may have peace. In the world you have tribulation, but take courage. I have overcome the world. So first of all, we are to expect it. In this world, we will go through tribulation and through hardships. Second, we are to rejoice. It says in verse 13 of our verse, but to the degree that you are sharing the sufferings of Christ, keep on rejoicing so that also at the revelation of his glory, you may rejoice with exaltation. If you are reviled for the name of Christ, you are blessed because the spirit of glory and God rests on you. In Acts chapter 5, 40 through 41, and this is after the apostles had testified before the Jewish council and preached the gospel of Christ. It says, so they took his advice and after calling the apostles in, they flogged them and ordered them not to speak in the name of Jesus and then released them. So they went on their way from the presence of the council, rejoicing that they had been considered worthy to suffer shame for his name. So here we have um, the early disciples, right? The apostles, that had just been persecuted and flogged, and they left rejoicing. Now, what do you think people were thinking? They probably were thinking, these people are crazy. But that's fine. That is totally fine. The world will never, without the Holy Spirit, will not understand a believer. Right? We are not pleasers of men. We are here to please our Lord and, and to live for Him. And sometimes that means suffering, uh, but rejoicing through that suffering uh, like it says here, considering it worthy to suffer shame for his name. So we are to expect it. We are to rejoice in the suffering. And we also are to self-examine. Um, it says in our primary verses, make sure that none of you suffers as a murderer or thief or evildoer or troublesome meddler. But if anyone suffers as a Christian, he's not to be ashamed, but it's to glorify God in his name, right? So ask yourself, why are you suffering? Am I doing something wrong, an evildoer, a troublesome meddler, a murderer, a thief? Why am I truly suffering? Are, are you suffering because you're following Christ or because of some sin in your life, right? If it's sin in your life, you're getting your just reward. So examine your heart. If it's for the Lord, then rejoice that you are partaking in this suffering. Ask the Lord to examine your heart and you yourself examine your heart through prayer and reading the word. 
right? So the question is, why are you suffering? Examine your heart. Is it because of sin or because you're following him? And lastly, we are to trust in God. Therefore, those also who suffer according to the will of God shall entrust their souls to a faithful creator in doing what is right. The word here in trust is like making a deposit in a bank, trusting the bank to keep your money for future use, right? That's what we do. We entrust in God that our suffering here is nothing compared to the glory that awaits us. In 1 Peter 2, verses 20 to 23, it says, For what credit is there if, when you sin and are harshly treated, you endure with patience? But if you, when you do what is right and suffer for it, you patiently endure it. This finds favor with God. For you have been called for this purpose, since Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example for you to follow in his steps, who committed no sin, nor was any deceit found in him, in his mouth, and while being reviled, he did not revile in return while suffering. He uttered no threats, but kept entrusting himself to him who judges, judges rightly, righteously. So Jesus kept entrusting himself to God the Father. Our example, Jesus entrusted trusted in God, and so should we as believers. So our attitude should be one to of expecting tribulation. We should rejoice. Examine our hearts freely and trust in God and trust in him and have hope that there's a glory that awaits us. So what are the outcomes of suffering, especially when you are going through it in a biblical manner, right? Well, first of all, we are purified and strengthened, right? We have a life that is purified. And in doing that, we have a church that is purified and strengthened because as we all come in tribulation and hopefully we all are going through tribulation in a biblical manner, then as an individual, but as a body of the church, we are strengthened. First um, Peter 1, 6 through 7 says, in this you greatly rejoice, even though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been distressed by various trials so that the proof of your faith being more precious than gold, which is perishable, even though tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. So to be purified even more precious than gold um, and be found uh, in result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Oh, what a beautiful promise uh, to us. And that's a promise and the hope we hold on to while going through tribulation. So first of all, to be purified and strengthened um, as an individual, but also as a church, but to rejoice with and be blessed by him. It says, but to the degree that you share the sufferings of Christ, keep on rejoicing so that also at the revelation of his glory, you may rejoice with exaltation. Um, if you are reviled for the name of Christ, you are blessed because the spirit of glory and of God rest on you. In James 1 through 12, it says, Blessed a man who perseveres under trial, for once he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has prom promised to those who love him. In the first Peter 5 and 10, after you have suffered for a little while, and that, that's so beautiful. After you have suffered for a little while, 
right? To God, one year is like a thousand years and a thousand years is like one year. And then once again, I'm not minimizing anyone's suffering, but even if you're suffering for one year, two years, three years, 80 years, it's a little while compared to eternity. So it's always great to have a eternal perspective when going through suffering, knowing that in the great scheme of God's plan, redemptive plan, it is only a little while. After you have suffered for a little while, the God of all grace who called you to his eternal glory in Christ will himself, this is the promise of God, will himself perfect, confirm, strengthen, and establish you through the suffering. So the great promises um, of what we are to um, hope for, right? In him, Jesus Christ, uh, which he himself will do, will be perfected, confirmed, strengthened, and established in Christ Jesus. So um, the outcomes of suffering, when we suffer, uh, when we go through it in a biblical manner, we are purified and strengthened. We rejoice with and are blessed by him. And ultimately, he is glorified, right? Second Corinthians chapter 12, 7 through 10 says, because of the surpassing greatness of the revelations, for this reason, to keep me from exalting myself, there was given me a thorn in the flesh. This is Paul speaking, right? No one knows what that thorn is. Was a messenger of Satan to torment me, to keep me from exalting myself. Concerning this, I implore the Lord three times that it might leave me. Why, Lord Jesus, please. Take this away from me. I've been praying like crazy, fasting. Take this away from me. And what was God's answer? And he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. For power is perfected in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, I would rather boast about my weakness so that the power of Christ may dwell in me. Therefore, I am well content with weakness with insults, with distress, with persecutions, with difficulties for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. So is that so his strength can be glorified and not our own strength. So that we may lessen, right? Become less of ourselves and he may be glorified and exalted through all our tribulations. We know that suffering is a part of life. We will all go through it no matter how much we try to avoid it. However, like I said, the only difference is how we handle it, especially as a believer. Um, Jill Caratini from um, Rabbi Zechariah Ministry says this, the Christian's advantage then is not that they find themselves less fallen and closer to set perfection than others. Know that they find in their religion a means of escaping the world of fragility, brokenness, guilt, and error. Rather, the Christian's advantage is that they are able to stand despite their own broken humanity in a fallen world because they stand with the vicariously human Christ. And that is our hope, right? That no, yes, we do suffer. We do. We are sad, and 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 sometimes it's tough, right? And it's not 
it's not being delusional and saying, oh, no, I'm, I'm suffering and, and it doesn't affect me. No, it does affect us. Be honest and truthful, right? But that we have hope, that we go through suffering with hope, knowing he's testing us, he's purifying us, and there is reason and purpose in our suffering. And it is not a temporary purpose, but an eternal purpose and reason that is only found in Christ Jesus. So whatever you're going through, whatever you may go through, always know that there's a reason or purpose that he will never leave you for, or forsake you, that he is sovereign. He always listens and will always be there for you. May God bless you. May he use you for his honor and glory and may all that you do be unto his honor and glory. Let's pray. Father, Lord, we thank you, God, for this day. Thank you, Lord, for all that you have blessed us with. And thank you, Lord, like it says in your word, we give thanks in every circumstance, not for every circumstance, but in every circumstance in Christ Jesus. We thank you, Lord, that you use these tribulations and these sufferings to purify us, to test our faith, to make us more holy, to improve our relationship with you, Lord. And so that ultimately your name may be glorified, Lord. May we be the salt and the light of this earth. And whatever we're going through, Lord, may you be exalted in all that we do. And we pray these things in your wonderful name, Jesus Christ. Amen. We thank you for listening to this message and pray that the word of God spoke to your heart. To listen to previous sermons, please visit us at www.cbt tbc.com or anchor.fm forward slash cbt hyphen sermons.